Saints fans, Pelicans fans, let's go. This is the Black and Blue Report. Black. Bree is going to go deep. He's got Graham. Touchdown. Blue. Down the lane. Shoots. No. Tip follow in for Davis with three tenths of a second left. Welcome into the podcast for the fans, straight from the teams they love. It's good to see you guys, and uh, I didn't know we had Studio B here in our facility. Good setup. Now that I know where your guys' little office is, I can pop in here whenever I want. Well, we're playing through AD, and so everybody's going to have to adjust to that. Coaches, players, analysts, celebrities, and more. That guy's Anthony Mackie. I've gotten in many of our arguments about the Pelicans and the Saints uh, over the years. Harry County Jr. joins us here on the Black and Blue Report. Undoubtedly, to me, the Saints are the singular reason that New Orleans is back on the map. Hoda Kotb from the Today Show on NBC, our guest. You know, New Orleans gets in your blood. The Saints never leave it once they get in there. This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio. Wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Hey, how goes it? Welcome into the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Greetings uh, from Studio B here on Airline Drive, and we are ready to start a new week, and it looks like it's going to be a very busy week, to say the least. Um, Here's we take you through Monday uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Great stuff each and every show coming at you, of course, with the New Orleans Saints and the NBA Finals. And now, of course, a new head coach for the New Orleans Pelicans. Yep, the Pelicans made some big news uh, late Saturday night and uh, announced the hiring of Alvin Gentry as their new head coach. And so I think this is fantastic news for the Pelicans. I know a lot of folks are really excited. There is a really a lot to like about Alvin Gentry with his experience um, the, the offensive mind that he possesses and, um, and uh, look, the way that he deals with not only coaching staff, support staff and everything else, but player relationships. Um, I've known Alvin Gentry since 2003, and I have yet to find him in a position where players did not uh, want to follow him, want to be around him. Never have I heard a bad word about him. And so this is just fantastic news. I think that Alvin Gentry and, uh, and what he brings is going to be very pleasing to not only the Pelicans players, but certainly the fans. Um, we're going to see a totally different uh, type of pace, uh, totally different offensive numbers coming up here from the Pelicans. And I think that um, as far as fit with current personnel, I don't know if you could have done much better uh, in this coaching hire. So fantastic news. Can't wait to see Coach Gentry when he arrives after the NBA Finals have been concluded. He obviously now is focusing in on uh, the uh, Golden State Warriors' uh, quest to uh, win a championship and take down the Cleveland Cavaliers. So we'll wish uh, Coach Gentry all the best. And with that, we'll start talking about Coach Gentry and the NBA Finals. We're going to kill two birds with one stone here today and invite Tim Roy, the voice of the Golden State Warriors, onto the Black and Blue Report today. It's going to be a fantastic visit, and we'll be uh, talking with folks all week long about the impact of uh, this hire for Dell Demps, Mickey Loomis, Mr. Benson, and the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, football today, we're going to visit with Tim Lolito, uh, offensive guard for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, they uh, will get back to work tomorrow. Another round of OTAs begins here on campus. And uh, we'll talk about last week, uh, 
last week's practices with Tim and uh, talk about this uh, new offensive line. I guess it's uh, somewhat new, and uh, that's certainly worth a discussion, and we'll look forward to that as well here on this Monday. Um, we might actually stay dry here in southeast Louisiana today. We'll see. <laughs> Knock on wood. We'll take our first break, bring in Tim Roy of the Golden State Warriors right after this. Pelicans fans, be sure to download the team's official app so you can play our new game, Quest for the Coast, presented by Chevron. Help Pierre the Pelicans save the coast in this infinite flying adventure. Save as many miles of the coast as you can before the water rises. This fun interactive game includes a basketball bonus round and educational facts about the environment provided by the Audubon Nature Institute. Quest for the Coast, presented by Chevron. Available only on the Pelicans app. Download it today. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. I'm Chip Chapman, here on the street asking people what they would do with a $40 million Powerball jackpot from the Louisiana Lottery. I'd fly to Italy to go shoe shopping with my girlfriends. I'd invest it, of course. I could double that money in no time. And you, sir. I'd buy me a vacation home on my own private island and a new sports car and a golden hot tub. That's pump. quite enough from you, sir. Play Powerball at any Louisiana Lottery retailer. Starting jackpot, $40 million. Must be at least 21 to purchase. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Sean Kelly. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. We're ready to go on this Monday. Our first guest of the week here is Tim Roy, the voice of the Golden State Warriors. The Warriors obviously in preparations for the NBA Finals. Can you believe it? The Warriors and the Cavaliers will tee it up here on the 4th. Tim joins us on the telephone. And Tim, while I, I had planned all along to have you this Monday to talk about and preview the NBA Finals, um, I'm going to have to trump that just for the moment and uh, bring up the Alvin Gentry story here <laughs> at the start of this week. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. And I'm, I'm uh, happy for Alvin. I'm happy for uh, New Orleans because uh, you're getting a great guy, as you know. He's been there before. And uh, a great coach. He, is, uh, he really knows how the NBA is played. He's been in the NBA forever. And he's a great offensive mind. Uh, if you think Anthony Davis was tough to guard before, he's going to be really tough to guard now. Let's get specific. Why does Alvin Gentry get another crack at being a head coach in the NBA? Because he is a very good uh, person with people, number one. So there's going to be no issues with you know that. He'll get, he'll get the best out of the people that he has. He, be he believes in, in, in maximizing, you know, people's uh, uh, potential and also their offensive uh, personality. He is a guy that is very adaptable. He's coached all different kinds of teams, you know, from expansion teams to, to very good teams in Phoenix. So he knows, he knows what, you know, players' limitations are. So he's, he's, what I'm trying to say is he's, he's a, a guy that will look at a player and say, okay, he can do this and this. So let's put him in positions to do those two things. And so I think he's going to be very good that way. I think he's also going to be very good 
because he's dealt with a lot of young teams before. I remember one time he was head coach of the Clippers, and I asked him, he had Lamar Odom who was a rookie and some young t- talent there, and I said, are you worried that you're developing these guys and then somebody else is going to come in and coach them when they mature? He, he looked at me and kind of chuckled, and he, he said, look, it's the NBA. You're always developing players for the next coach. So he has no issues with looking, you know, he's not going to look over his shoulder and, and stand in the way of, say, an Anthony Davis becoming the MVP, excuse me, the MVP type of player that we think he's going to be. Uh, he's going to develop the young talent there, maximize it. And, and plus, I think he loves to push the ball, and that means the, the Pelicans are going to be even more fun to watch. Yeah, up-tempo is what we're hearing, and I think that any of us who, who know Alvin uh, certainly are in agreement with that. Uh, is there a particular characteristic, though, about his, his scheme or his X's and O's that is uniquely his own, Tim? Well, you know, I don't think it's uniquely his own, but I think what he does, he, he loves uh, ball movement, and um, I think with the point guards, the Pelicans, there'll be a lot more of them uh, – looking to pass and then maybe get the ball back and then try to run something on the other side of the floor. He loves to get the ball going side to side. And, you know, as we talked about with the up-tempo, he is also a guy that really believes in that. You know, he believes that, you know, and the numbers kind of bear it out, too, that a lot of times the most efficient shot is when you push the ball down the floor, get an early look, six or seven seconds, eight or ten seconds into the shot clock before the defense has a chance to set up. So, you know, I, I think that, that you'll see more side-to-side ball movement, and I think you'll see more, uh, maybe a little more misdirection to get the ball to Anthony Davis at the spot. And I also think that, I also think that, that with Alvin there, I think that you'll see, and this is just, I haven't talked to Alvin at all about this, but I think you'll, he'll find either a coach or he'll do it himself. But I think you'll see Anthony Davis get more uh, of a block game. I think you'll get him more down to the block, get him a move down there and a counter move uh, to round out his game. You know, we know he can he can fly to the rim. We know he's got that jump shot going now. I think the next step for him is getting that box game, and I think Alvin Alvin will uh, will do that and and round out the game. All right, fun to watch. Uh, Warriors losses are gained in New Orleans, no doubt. But uh, Alvin Gentry was quick to say his focus is on the NBA Finals. And congratulations, Tim. I'm so excited for you and the Warriors uh, getting your first finals here, uh, you know, in your case, uh, starting this week. It's, it's, uh, it's starting to sink in. It, mm-hmm. it's, uh, for a long time, it had not uh, really hit me. You know, it's, it's, it's bizarre. You know, the, uh, in the Western Conference Finals, uh, I was sitting there in a, in, a, in a hotel room in Houston, and it was a Sunday, and it was kind of a – uh, light day because we were between, between games, and uh, I turned on the TV in the hotel room. I got, oh yeah, that's the Indy 500. Oh, it's Memorial Day weekend, you know. And, and and I've never been in that position before. 26 years in the league, and I've never uh, worked this deep into the season. So uh, the calendar is kind of fooling me right now. It feels like it's like late April, but it's really early June, and and it's it's sinking in. The Bay Area is just going crazy over this. I'm so happy for our fans who have been with this team through thick and thin. You know, a lot of, a lot of lean years for the Warriors in the last 20. And uh, these fans never gave up. 
you know, trying to get this team moving in the right direction. And finally it's there. And I think that, uh, it's, I think it's a great matchup too. You know, you got the two teams that are playing the, the best since the all-star break. So they've been the two best games, you know, so actually since early January. And then, uh, you look at the, 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 it's got star power. You have Steph Curry on one side, LeBron James on the other. And you have two great stories about the fan base, 40 years, for the Warriors since they were in the finals and won the finals. And, the, the you know, city of Cleveland looking for their first pro championship since 1964, since uh, Jim Brown was running off tackle for the Cleveland Browns. So it's, it's got a lot of great elements to it. I think it's going to be a great show. There are no shortage of storylines, as you mentioned. Um, the one thing that is interesting is health, and that's the, the way it is every year for the last two teams standing. What is the latest on the health of these two ball clubs, Tim? Well, we're here that Kyrie Irving is, you know, he's working and, and his knee's getting a little bit better. Um, we'll know a little bit more today at practice with uh, Clay Thompson. Uh, he ha- was cited at an Oakland A's game yesterday, so my feeling is that he's probably feeling a lot better and is, is okay to get out there and, and uh, to do his normal thing. So uh, hopefully uh, Clay Thompson, who suffered a concussion, for those who might not know, he got kneed in the head by Trevor Reese on a inadvertent play. Uh, Trevor Reza almost got the Warriors a uh, chance of their season in two, in two games. He had a pump fake, and Steph Curry bought that, flipped over him, and fell down hard. And then the next game, Clay Thompson gave a little head fake, and, and Ariza bought it and kneed him in the head. But it, it's, um, I, I think what's, what's interesting about the Sean is that late in the conference finals, when the Warriors were up 3-0 and the Cavaliers were up 3-0, Everybody was complaining, oh, we've got to wait a week or over a week for the, for the finals to start, and, and everybody was, like, you know, wringing their hands about this. I think in, the, in, the, in the, the bottom line of it all, even if it cost the teams a little rust in the first half of game one, I think it's great because now, uh, you know, obviously Kevin Love's not coming back for Cleveland, but Irving will be, will be healthier. The Cavaliers will be healthier. If Clay Thompson can't get out there and play at his best level, and Steph Curry at his best level, maybe even most Spades if he can come back, then you get a chance to see these teams at, at at almost full strength, and I think that would be great. The obvious start to your next answer is going to be LeBron James, but the uh, the question is, Tim, uh, from a Warrior standpoint, what are the biggest challenges facing Golden State in dealing with the Cleveland Cavaliers? Wow. Well, first of all, they're they're playing uh, very good defense right now. And I think what the inadvertent, uh, I guess, uh, benefit, if you will, to losing uh, Kevin Love is that with, when they have Tristan Thompson on the floor, they're defending and they're getting after people and they're defending at the, at the rim. And so, uh, you know, they, they, they have a lot of weapons, and obviously you start with LeBron. Uh, but, of course, uh, this is, here's, your, here's your trivia for the, for the final. Timothy Muskov had his best game ever at Oracle Arena. He had, uh, I believe it was like 20 points or, no, he had 29 rebounds in a game at Oracle Arena one night with 23 points. It was the most amazing thing ever playing for the Denver Nuggets. They couldn't, they couldn't move him out from underneath the bucket, and, and, and Muscat fell off. But, but no, LeBron is going to be the starter. He had 42 in the, in the game in Cleveland, and um, he uh, is, a, is a guy that, that they have some people that can get out there, Draymond Green, uh, Iguodala, Harrison Barnes, they can throw multiple bodies at him, but you're not going to stop him. Uh, but I think that, that if they can keep Irving and J.R. Smith 
to uh, to reasonable numbers and and keep the offensive putbacks that Thompson will try to provide and, and Musgrove might be able to get to, uh, then I think they, they've got a, a chance. I, I believe, though, Sean, if the Warriors play the, the defense that they can play, I think they'll have a really good chance of winning the series. If they mm-hmm. play defense the way they played the last three games of the Memphis series, I think they have a chance to, to win the series because I think they're deeper, I think they're better, and I think uh, it's so far – uh, to the moment, it has been their year. Things have kind of rolled their way, and and I think with their guard line, I think it's a real tough cover for the personnel that the uh, Cavaliers will throw out there. You're not only a colleague, but you're a great friend, Tim Roy, and um, I wish you all the best during what I think will be two of the greatest weeks of your career coming up here starting this week. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a great deal of fun. Um, and I, I like today is like the first day I'm really getting into the numbers because I, I felt it was important for me to take two days and just kind of decompress and let all this sink in. But uh, it's it's going to be a, a, I think a, a great time for the NBA. I think it's going to be a great series. I don't think it's going to be a quick series. And I think the Pelicans, with the arrival of Alvin Gentry, have uh, the coach to take them to move up the ladder in the West. And and I, I also, because he's a great guy, I think that the city will just embrace him, and I think the Pelicans are in for a real fun run under Alvin Gentry. It's funny you should say that, Tim, because I don't know if you remember saying this, but at the start of the first-round series between the Warriors and the Pelicans, I think it was you that said, um, it is not unrealistic to think that these two teams could be playing for the Western Conference Championship in just about two years. Oh, I think so. I think yeah. the Falcons. I think the Falcons are about about two years behind the Warriors in that 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 slide up. It takes a couple of years. It's it's hard in the West, and it it takes a couple of years for teams to mature. But I think what I saw in the Pelicans was is what I saw in the Warriors two years ago. They were good enough to get there, good enough to to make some noise, but they need that collective experience uh, to move on. Yep, we'll see how that plays out. All the best to you guys. Uh, represent the West well, okay? Uh, We will endeavor to persevere. (laughs) Outstanding. That's Tim Roy, of course, voice of the Golden State Warriors, the NBA Finals, and our coverage continues, obviously, all week long. We'll uh, We'll talk a little football in just a moment. Tim Lolito stops by right after this. In New Orleans, food is more than a passion. It's a tradition. And Zatarans has been part of that tradition for 125 years. From jambalaya and dirty rice to crab boil and more, Zatarans has been jazzing up dinner since before there was jazz. And we're excited about what next season might bring. Jazz it up tonight with Zatarans, proud sponsor of the New Orleans Pelicans. At Smoothie King, we're so much more than just fruit and a blender. Because each and every Smoothie King smoothie is blended for a purpose. Whether you want to make it one more mile or simply make it through the day, we have a smoothie just for that. Bring us your purpose and we'll blend it. Looking to purify your diet? Hurry in now and try our new nutty super grain vegan smoothie. Made with almond milk, Sun Warrior protein, super grains, and a peanut taste you'll go nutty for. Only at Smoothie King, proud supporter of the New Orleans Pelicans. Smoothies with a purpose. 
Do you have all the right moves to be a member of the hottest dance team in the NBA? The Pelicans dance team is having open auditions for their 2015-16 squad, and you're invited to try out. Audition prep classes are starting soon, with open auditions happening Saturday, June 13th at the New Orleans Pelicans practice facility on Airline Drive in Metairie. Get details on these prep classes, open auditions, and full Pelicans dance team coverage now at pelicans.com. We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. He's the pride, of course, of St. Clair High School in Michigan and uh, proudly from Grand Valley State. That's Tim Lolito off the Saints offensive line, kind enough to join us here in Studio B. It's all said and done that a uh, couple of days of OTAs, Tim. How'd it go? Uh, it went great. Um, you know, we're out there running around doing football stuff, so um, it, was, it was warm out there, but, you know, we pulled through it. I talked to a number of your teammates the other day, and they also seemed pleased with it. They also did uh, comment a little bit about the heat. <laughs> but, uh, but they all seem to be on the same page, and the message is quite clear, Tim. Uh, maybe more so than last year, it seems to be a pretty unified front here for the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're excited about um, you know, where we're at right now and where we're in the direction we're going and you know, just the potential that this, this not only this front but this – um, this team, you know, has, uh, I think it's going to be a really good year for us. There's going to be some new faces uh, to your left and right there on the offensive line. Did it seem strange a little bit? A little bit, yeah. Um, you know, unfortunately, Max wasn't there this week. Uh, he had some personal mm-hmm. business to take care of. So, uh, Mike Brewster filled in for him, and, and Mike did a great job. And, you know, Teron, Teron's been uh, left tackle now for two years, so. Um, but it, you know, it was, it was different, but just getting up there, just communicating calls and different, different stuff like that. Um, you know, like I said, just doing football stuff. So it was, it was great to be back out there. Yeah. Football stuff, but no pads. So, I mean, for at least your position group, what's most gained by a couple of days together as a team? You know, I really think communication is huge. Uh, getting out there, looking at fronts, um, not just sitting in the, in the classroom or in the, in the O-line room and, and looking at fronts on paper, just getting out there and, and visually seeing it and make the making the calls, making communications. And then secondly, getting getting footwork down, you know, first two steps of contact and stuff like that. Um, I mean, like you said, we're not in pads, so we're not driving people, but once we get our first two steps, we're, you know, engaging, um, getting our head on the proper side, different blocks that we're doing. So um, those are the two big things that I think that we can take away from these OTAs. You've got one week of that, and then and then there's a couple days off here. I don't want to really call them days off, but let's let's call them days in between practices. And then week two, or the next phase of the OTAs begins. Tim, what's the difference between one week to the next? Is it just a continuation, or is there truly a different theme to it? Uh, there's a continuation somewhat, but we're installing different. Like we went over install one and two this week, and you know the next week we'll progress even more, put more plays in, put more plays in, but. Um, for the most part, it's it's a continuation the entire talk until we get How, onto mini camp, I think. Yeah, which would be in mid June. So, right. but Tim, when you when you look at a, a guy like yourself who's now been in the program, um, and, and you look at a coaching staff that even though there's new faces, look the core is still the same. When when fans here were installing this and installing this, how different is it from you know what you normally run as an offense? I think the the basis of what we're running is is about the same we just tweaked things that we didn't like from last year right so we saw things in in the outside zone game that we could tweak we saw things in the inside zone game we could tweak so um 
just because we we got new coaches in here and you know they're not like they're not really bringing anything new 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 to the table but they're still bringing new stuff so um yeah we're not we're not we're not scrapping anything and starting all over Tim, there were a lot of things that you guys did right as an offensive line last season, even in a 7-9 and nine campaign. But if you look back on it or if you were to converse about it here during the offseason, what needs to change or what has to improve before we get to uh, 2015 season? Uh, you know, that, that one's a tough one. I think, uh, you know, we protected a lot last year. We what got sacked like 27, 29 times or something like that, So, uh -huh. which was down from the year before. I know the year before was 36, so, you know, a lot of a lot of – speculation out there I, I know people were talking about oh the line's letting up a lot of a lot more sacks this year and not really we let up 11 less so um you know I think uh I think we could do a lot better job in the run game though I think overall um you know players and coaches I think we can understand what we're doing the what we need to do better so I think last year we were a little you know spotty on oh he said this you know but we're really doing this, so I think everyone's on the same page this year. I think I think that's a that's a key emphasis this year. Tim Lolito with us here. Tim, last year you were asked to do a couple of different things. Obviously, play guard, backup Goody at center as well. Um, how did you uh, how did you handle those multiple roles, and and what will you think uh, is on, what do you think is on the table as far as what they'll ask of you for this coming season? Uh, I mean, I'm just gonna do what, whatever they're gonna they're gonna ask me to do. You know. Um, be a, be a guard, be a backup center. Um, you know, I talking to young guys coming in, I say, be as versatile as possible because that's how you're going to make it in the NFL. And, and that's how I made it. So I came in, um, from Grand Valley as a guard, a uh, couple guys that I play with at Grand Valley, they're like, Hey, um, to get to the next level, you, you need to start snapping. So, so I started snapping and, and, you know, my first year here. They're like, all right, you're you're an inside guy, so you're back up all three positions. And you know, I got on the field the first year, got on the field last year. Um, yeah, I got on the first on the field the first year as a, as a guard, and then last year I got on the field as a center. So uh, just be versatile. So whatever they whatever they say they need, uh, you know, I'm willing to do. Uh, you, you you can't fault me for giggling a little bit when you say those young guys, <laughs> Tim. When you look at the age of the offensive line with the Saints, I think. Probably you'd have to consider yourself still a little bit of a young guy, and that's only because guys like Max Unger and Zach Streif and, and others have got some years on them, don't they? Absolutely. Um, yeah, well, I'm just talking about the rookies coming in this year. We got we got a few right. of them this year, but yeah, our. Uh, I mean, I don't even know what the average age this year is. You got Max, who's what, seven years in, seven eight years in, something like that. Um, John and Streif are both nine years, I believe. So yeah, we got some we got some age on that side. If you're looking at taking a step, are we are we ready to say that Tim Lolito is in a true position battle this year? And I, mean, I guess I'm talking about a starting role. Uh, and do you embrace that, or is that not accurate? No, I definitely embrace that. Um, you know, I, I I definitely want that starting position. It's a it's a position that I'm definitely uh, more comfortable with because I you know I played four years of it in college. So, but there there's definitely going to be a, a big competition for it. I mean. You got Mike McGlennon, who who they signed, you know, last week or this week actually on, on Monday, I believe, and you know you got Senio um, Calamente, who's been on the team now for three years. Um, he was on active last year and, and practice squad the first year, but that you know what he uh, 
he's pretty freaking good. So um, <laughs> it's it's definitely going to be a battle. And and you got you know Mike Brewster who also plays the interior three position. So it's you got four or five guys right now on the team um, that that are battling for that left guard spot. Yeah, no doubt. And, and you know, in watching practice on Thursday, I'm looking at at you at you guys, and I'm looking at a number of different position groups, and I'm saying to myself. There's true competition at every single position on this football team. And what a process this is going to be to eventually get down to 53. I, I guess that's what the design was of this offseason, was to make it that way. Um, compete is the theme, obviously. Um, and, and I guess probably if you were to talk to others in different position rooms, they probably have similar stories as to what you guys have. No, that's, that's exactly right. I mean, they, you put a sign out there yesterday. You know, I saw it for the first time that the, it said Compete Street um you know on it so that that's that's where we're at we're we're competing we're competing in the off season we uh had different conditioning um things that we would do got into teams and, and competed against each other so um you know we're competing in the weight room against each other so that's the uh that's the whole emphasis this year and that's the whole we're going to compete we're going to compete we're going to compete and uh, um you know tr just try and make each other better Tim, speaking of visuals around the facility, there's a giant chain now painted on the wall all the way around the locker room. Is there a story behind that? Don't be the wink link. Don't be the wink link. Okay. The weak, the weak link. The weak link, yes, yeah, yes. Don't be the weak link. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, it kind of replaces the theme that we had the multiple doors all over the building, didn't we? Yeah. I, I mean, uh, it's still a good visual to have all those doors because there's a, there's a ton of exit, exits in the NFL as well. So, um but it's just another one of those visualization things, like you said. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, OTAs continue uh, the next couple of days, and then uh, we'll see minicamp in June, the middle of the month. But in between OTAs and minicamp, Tim, you've got a big event coming up, um, and actually it's going to take a little bit of time to get through this because you've decided to put a new twist on the old charity softball event. Um, and, and this sounds fantastic. I love, I love the play-in mentality that you're going to do uh, at LaSalle Park on June 6th. And seventh. Now, if, if if I may start you off and just say that you're looking for co-ed teams to sign up um, to play a tournament, and the winner of the tournament will then play you and the Black and Gold All Stars on June the 12th at Mike Miley Stadium in Metairie. What am I missing here? Help me fill in the holes. No, that's that's completely correct. Uh, this year, you know, I decided, you know, we do the softball tournament every year. I know Ben's had it for the last two years, and you know, I kind of wanted to put a little twist on it, so. Um, you know, we, we have great fans down here and, in, in uh, New Orleans and, um, I, you know, I just felt like we needed to, to give back to those people a little bit. So, um, I wanted to get out and, and have that tournament, like, like you said, and the winner of that tournament gets to come play us the following Friday. Um, so, I mean, it's, I think it's, uh, 300 bucks per team. Um, we're, we're selling tickets to the event, so it's going to be $12, uh, per ticket. Uh, teams can sign up at tcynow.org. Um, you know, I think that we're doing a home run derby this year. Uh, we're going to have two teams. Don't know who the captains are yet, but we're going to have two teams. And what we're going to do is, uh, we're going to pick four people, two, two players per team to come down and we're going to do like 10 balls a person. So the whoever hits the most out of 30 balls on either team um, is the winner. So they'll get a big trophy and stuff like that. So uh, I'm excited about it. It's, I think it's going to be a great event. I think so, too. All right. So 
basically teams are going to get together on June 6th and 7th and play through an entire tournament to then for the right to advance to the June 12th game against you guys. Now, Tim, will you go to the uh, play-in tournament on June 6th and 7th, uh, you know, strictly, obviously, to scout your competition, I'm sure, right? Absolutely. Go out there, uh, <laughs> scout my competition, talk a little smack, you know. Um, go out there and, and see everyone and, uh, you know, hopefully bring a couple of people out there with me. Um, but, no, I'll, I'll definitely be out there on, on the 6th and the 7th. I think, I, think right, that, so I think that'll be more fun, if not as fun, as the, the game on, on Friday. I agree. And that game on Friday. 12th so um i don't want to lead you down to, and to reveal something here that you can't reveal yet but i'll at least try um obviously you're looking for co-ed softball teams and a co-ed softball tournament winner is coming to play you guys on june the 12th last time i checked him uh and again i was at practice on thursday i didn't see any co-ed on the uh, black and gold there so how do you how do you even up the field here uh we have a few options right now um mm-hmm. okay you um yeah, trying to reveal. Uh, funny. Um, you have a plan, though. Is what we you're we saying. have we have a, a main plan, and we have a couple of backup plans. So uh, I definitely okay. think so. There will be a co-ed flavor. You said? yes, there will definitely be a co-ed flavor. I think a couple of the uh, a few of the fans for sure, and a couple of guys on the team will will like what I what I'm bringing to the table in this one. Hopefully, fair enough. All right, if you just want to go see the event, the big event on June the twelfth. Tickets for that are $12 for adults, $7 for children. And, again, everything should go through the website, as Tim mentioned, T-C-Y-N-O-W, T-C-Y-N-O-W.org. And, uh, obviously, there's a, there's a cause here, Tim. Tell us about your cause. Yeah, the two, the two uh, beneficiaries this year for the, for the tournament is the Get Checked or Checkout Foundation, which is, is huge for me because it's, it's about getting, you know, annual physicals or, or uh, regularly physicals, um, you know, whether or not you know because because a lot of people know about my grandma who passed away two years ago so um you know it just just happened she went in had stage four i think uh gallbladder cancer so um kind of kind of helping you know families stay away from that that situation you know you go in you figure you find out you have stage four where if you go in and find out that you have stage one or two then it's more likely that they can cure it um, you know, instead of being so blindsided by it. And then the other foundation is, uh, the team Gleason, the no white flag. So, um, I know Steve's, Steve's all excited about it, Blair, those guys, and they're a great foundation. Uh, I love what they, those guys do and what they do for the city. Tim, do you have a Twitter account or some other way that if somebody has a question about this, they can get a hold of you? Absolutely. Uh, they can follow me on Twitter, um, on Facebook or something like that, email or message me on Facebook. I don't mind that at all. Um, or they can go to the Get Checked or Checkout Foundation and and email uh, Shireen and, and Darren themselves. So, um, you know, there's there's a few options they can get a hold of us. Outstanding. Hey, I appreciate you stopping by um, and have a great next uh, round of OTA. Stay healthy, my friend, and uh, all the best with your event coming up. Will do. Thanks. You got it. Tim Lolito from the Saints Offensive Line here with us on the Black and Blue Report. Last year, over 400,000 people from 90 countries and all 50 states came to Auctioner to find the critical care they needed. People who could have gone anywhere made Auctioner their destination for a level of expertise 
clinical research and treatment options they couldn't find anywhere else. Auctioner and our affiliated physicians are renowned for leading-edge cardiovascular care, cancer care, pediatric care, innovative treatment of neurological disorders, and more. Our outstanding transplant program has resulted in Auctioner leading the nation in successful liver transplants for years. And today, Auctioner is partnering with physicians and strong community hospitals throughout the Gulf South to bring access to the highest quality of care closer to home. Find the care you need today. Call 866-AUCTIONER for a same-day appointment. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. This is Pelicans forward Ryan Anderson, and you're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Great stuff today. Good, good uh, report from out in the Bay Area from Tim Roy, voice of the Golden State Warriors. I'm very excited about the NBA Finals. I think this is a fantastic matchup, and certainly uh, got some good insight, too, about Coach Gentry from from Tim on today's broadcast as well. Speaking of Tim's, Tim Lolito, not too bad either. And, again, uh, we'll have Tim on probably sometime before his uh, charity softball event uh, hits us, uh, shoot, in just days now, a little less than two weeks. But uh, really appreciate Tim Lolito's time for today's Black and Blue Report. For tomorrow's show, we're efforting to get Mark Stein from ESPN.com to talk about, just like we did today with Tim Roy, the NBA Finals, and the Pelicans hire of Alvin Gentry. And tomorrow will be my first interview with new Saints running back C.J. Spiller. That's yours tomorrow, sometime afternoon, uh, whenever it pleases you. No Appointment Radio, this podcast serving you as best we can each and every day, right after noon on NewOrleansSaints.com, Pelicans.com, on iTunes, and then, of course, through your mobile device using the Pelicans app or the Saints app. That'll do it for us on this Monday. Can't wait to talk to you tomorrow. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Um, LSU baseball later today. Uh, Louisiana Lafayette baseball later today, so plenty to talk about even with no basketball on tap just yet. All right, with that, we'll say goodbye and so long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.